Blood Brothers podcast with Ben Steiger and Eric Metz. Today we're going to dive into the topic of discipleship. But before we do, I'd like to share a review from one of our listeners named Ben. Ben says, so thankful for these men, their passion for the kingdom and heart for other men to live fully in the kingdom. So encouraging and challenging. Well, Ben, thanks again for taking the time to write a review and for your kind words. We appreciate that, and we're glad that you're gaining value from this podcast. Man, uh, that that's exciting. It's exciting to hear, uh, you know, those those comments or those uh, emails or uh, text or whatever from from friends, but then also from people that we've never heard from before about how uh, this podcast is impacting uh, their lives. It's really encouraging. We appreciate that. You know, we know that uh, not everybody likes to listen to uh, our voices or doesn't like to hear what we have to say or how we have to say it. And and that's okay. Uh, but uh, man, for those who do, uh, man, we just really appreciate uh, those kind words and the feedback and the encouragement. So uh, thanks. All right, Ben, let's dive in. Discipleship. What's, what comes to mind when you think of the word discipleship? Yeah, well, let me start by laying this out there. Discipleship is not optional. <laughs> you know, it's not an option. When when in Matthew 28, uh, Jesus said, Go therefore and make disciples in all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It wasn't a, hey, you know what, guys? If you feel like it, you know, if your back's not hurting, if your work day is not too stressful, if you don't have too many sports events going on, if, you know, yada, yada. Jesus didn't say, if you want to. He said, go make disciples. And I think that's something that we all need to get into our head, that following Jesus, it's, it's not an option. It's a commandment. And that we have to take that seriously. And if we don't, it's sinful. And so, uh, you know, as we unpack discipleship today, uh, I think that there's a lot of individuals out there that don't necessarily understand what discipleship is. Uh, they don't feel qualified to go and make disciples. And uh, and then thirdly, uh, there's just a lot of people that that aren't doing it because they're selfish and uh, and they don't want to. So uh, backing up to a couple of years ago, I was at a conference and I was asking church leaders, hey, how many of your men in your church would you say get it? You know, like get it, like like are fully surrendered to the call of Jesus Christ. They're not perfect, right? But they're surrendered. And, uh, you know, on average, church leaders would answer that question somewhere between 25 and, and 40% of their men get it. And I said, man, that's awesome. And that, that could be true, but can I ask you a couple more questions? Kind of like a, a litmus test. You know, so so of those, let's just say 30% of men that you say get it, uh, are they all baptized? Wouldn't you consider it to be a fundamental uh, truth, you know, of what we believe that you should follow the Lord in baptism? Well, most of them, but not all. All right. 20, 25%, you know, they say, I was like, all right, well, how about this? How about this question of those 25% of men that they get it? Uh, how many of them are honoring the father through their finances, through tithing? You would consider that to be a fundamental truth that we, we should adhere to as well. And they would agree. And I said, all right, well, we would also agree on the national average of individuals who tithe somewhere around 8%, right? Like, man, yeah. Oh, crap. You know, and you start to see some of the air comes out, come out of their sails. And 
my point of doing this isn't to discourage them, but is to get them to come to a place of reality and truth of where individuals really are in their pursuit of Jesus Christ. And so, all right, so so we agree that somewhere, you know, the guys in your church, that get it somewhere around 8%. And so let me ask the third and final question. And I believe this sums it up well. All right, so Jesus says, go make disciples. Of that 8% of men, how many of them are going and actively, intentionally taking part in discipleship? And so my definition of discipleship is following somebody who is following Jesus better than you are or than I am, and then leading others to do the same, right? To learn, to walk, and be more like Jesus. And uh, I ask them that question. And, you know, it's like, holy cow. I said, you know, just just you know, throwing out a number. Do you think it would be safe to say that three to four percent of the men of your church really get it? And yeah, it was a question, and it's a matter of perspective and timing or whatever. But uh, most church leaders I've talked to have agreed to that. That on average, three to four percent of their men get it, and uh, and discipleship is deemed as something that is optional, apparently, because it's not taken seriously. And that's not okay. I want to read to you this quote from Dallas Willard. Uh, He sums up discipleship as the process of becoming who Jesus would be if he were you. That's that's an awesome quote, isn't it? The process of becoming who Jesus would be if he were you. Jesus the Christ. Jesus fully human, but yet fully God. And uh, Jesus walking in the flesh, making decisions, uh, you know, as any human would, uh, to honor his father. So, you know, the reality is, is that we don't have very many people taking discipleship seriously. And uh, discipleship is what takes an individual from the moment of salvation to a point, whenever the father decides to call them home, of of maturity. I like how you said the you're following somebody who's following Jesus better than you are. And that just reminds me of like what Paul said in first Corinthians 11, one, he says, be imitators of me mm-hmm. as I am of Christ. And yeah. so like Paul's saying, Hey, I'm, I'm this far in my journey and I'm teaching you how to be more like me as I pursue Christ. And so it's, it's the people around us who are, you know, maybe their prayers just seem a little bit more, intimate with the Lord than ours, or maybe they know the Bible a little bit better than we do. And so it's just finding those people and just mm-hmm. engaging with them. Yeah. And then on the flip side, let us reach out and pour into other people too, you know, and, and it reminds me, I did a little research to prep for this myself. I found Francis Chan's uh, definition of his discipleship. And he said, true discipleship involves deep relationships. Mm-hmm. Jesus didn't simply just lead a weekly Bible study. He right. lived life with his disciples and taught through actions as well as words. And so when you mentioned Dallas Willard's quote about just being like Jesus, how would what would Jesus be like if it was you? It's like there's such a depth to that. Yeah. There's such a, and I think that's part of the misconception of discipleship. It's not just a Bible study that we check a box and it's there's intimacy, there's relationship, there's pouring into, there's connecting with the Father. And I think just redefining discipleship yeah. that's more clear and yeah. more biblical 
Yeah. And the biggest thing that, that I get from those words were intentionality, you know, love with intention, you know, investing, recognizing that our life is a vessel of the Holy spirit and that he wants to use us. He wants us to receive from others and he wants us to, to be used in others. And, uh, with intentional investment, I mean, we can do that, you know, and, uh, I want to address that, that lie that says, I'm not good enough. I don't know enough. I'm not equipped to make disciples. So years ago, I was sitting around at a, uh, a group of guys and, uh, man, we were talking about discipleship. We were talking about leading our wives and our kids and, and those around us. And I said, you guys sitting around the table, are there any of you that can tell your wife, your kids, or those around you to do as I do? to imitate me. You know, we had just gotten done going around talking about just struggles in life and everybody was kind of down. And we went around and everybody answered. And the common theme was, crap, no, I can't. I can't. And I said, well, who in the world's going to? If you, the husband, the father, the God-appointed king of that home, aren't going to be able to lead or tell others to do as you do. Who's going to tell them? Who's going to lead them? You know, Paul, not not in the same breath, but the same man, he said, imitate me, do as I do. But then he also said, why do I do what I don't want to do, but I don't do what I want to do? You know, so here's this imperfect man, right, who, who struggles in the flesh, just as you and I do. And he recognized that it wasn't the strength and the power from him, but it was the strength and the power from the Father, that he was forgiven and that he was free and that no condemnation was going to set him apart from Christ nor from his mission of leading others to follow Jesus. And so I think what many individuals need to recognize is that, you know, apart from Christ, we're not qualified and we don't have what it takes, period. But man, with a relationship with Jesus Christ, we receive the Holy Spirit and he lives in us and he works in us and he works through us and he gives us what we need to love those around us, to lead those around us. Some people might say, well, I don't know enough. Well, let me tell you this, that if you consider yourself a Christian, a son or daughter of the King of God, the Father, and you've experienced salvation, all right? What we believe is that you're going to spend eternal life in victory, eternal life and freedom with our Father in heaven. And all of those who don't are going to spend eternal life and eternal damnation. They're going to go to hell. I believe that the most selfish thing that an individual that knows Jesus Christ can do is keep it to themselves. So if you're saved, if you're saved, you know enough to share the love of Christ with others so that they can experience that too. And that's the first steps in discipleship is, is evangelism, just sharing uh, the gospel. Yeah. That reminds me of the demoniac story in the Bible where Jesus crossed over the sea of Galilee and, and uh, the demoniac who had many demons possessing him at the time, Jesus cast out the demons, sent them into the pigs, the pigs died. Well, the demoniac said, Hey, I, you know, in his right mind, he, I want to follow you. And Jesus was like, no, go and stay in this region 
and share what what I've done for you. Right. And that's all he that's all he knew. He didn't know the scripture. He didn't know anything. Like all he knew was his testimony of what God did in his life. And it says later on that Jesus came back across the sea of Galilee and there were 4000 people that came out to listen to what he had to say. Mm. And that was the same area that the demoniac was in. We don't know for sure, but I'm assuming word spread because <laughs> that demoniac was was crazy and then the lord healed him completely so just someone's testimony and witnessing can yeah. impact yeah. thousands literally yeah and so and and we all have one of those we all have so, a story right yeah mm-hmm. it's a good reminder here too of we're not called to save people we're not we're just called mm-hmm. to witness and just yeah. share and be available and being available is all we really need. The Lord will give us the words to say. The Lord will put on our hearts, you know, what to do. And at the end of the day, loving people and being a great example can be a great discipleship tool. Yeah. yeah. There's this concept out there that I learned recently from uh, one of my mentors a few years ago. And uh, his name is Keith Kruger, and he's a pastor, a youth pastor at our old church. And, and he told me this and it really rocked my world, especially being a father of four kids and, and how do I disciple and lead my family. And his concept was, or the concept that he taught me from this one book was to be with them. Mm. Just be with them. If they're playing video games, play video games with them. If they're walking in the and going for a walk, go with them. If they're yeah. going to dinner, just be with them. When you're around them, spiritual conversations just come up. Life's purpose comes up, you know, what's important, what really matters, what's significant comes up. And that's when you can share about how God has moved in your life. So it doesn't take a Bible degree. It doesn't take anything other than a willingness to be available in this concept to be with people. So, yeah, you got it, man. The power of story and testimony, you know, like you might hear, hear an old preacher say, somebody stand up and testify, you know, and somebody <laughs> will stand up and, and they'll tell this story. Like, man, I grew up in a church where we heard testimonies often. And man, it's the testimony of the Holy Spirit coming in and just changing and working and doing the supernatural work of the, of the Father to, man, repair wounds to to heal the brokenhearted to do supernatural uh, things beyond our comprehension and it's those testimonies that are powerful and that people are like wow what's going on there it's a testimony of a redeemed life that people uh, want to know more about because they are hurting they are broken they are lost they are slaves and they want to be free. And, uh, you know, the power of story is incredible. And Jesus used it when he walked on this earth. And, uh, I believe it's something that we need to make sure that, that we use as well. Uh, you know, I think so often people think, well, I don't have a good story, uh, or what, what, what do I have to say? And again, the power of the Holy Spirit living in you, God redeemed you. He saved you. And you have a story that somebody needs to hear. Now, so many people think, ah, ministry, it's, I don't know if I can do that. It's so much sacrifice. And yeah, it is to a degree, uh, but man, it leads to freedom, fulfillment, and peace beyond our understanding. Yeah. But God wants us to use the things that we love to reach those around us. Jesus spoke in parables to fishermen about fish, to tax collectors about money, yeah. to carpenters about wood. 
you know, whatever it was, he would use the analogies of the things in the individual's life to speak truth. And that's what he wants us to do as well. And I think we should talk some about, man, so we know the power of story and know somewhat testimonies, but, but how do we better ourselves to become better disciples and better disciple makers? What, what's your, your view of that? Yeah, that's where my thought initially goes right to, I've got to cultivate my own relationship with God. I need to be spending time with the Father, connecting with Him regularly through worship, through prayer journaling, through Bible study, through just just being with God. Like yeah. back to what I said about be with, it's like, well, I need to be with God if I'm going to overflow and pour yeah. out into other people. And so yeah. I can't pour and again, this is something I struggle with, so I'm preaching to the, to myself here too, but I need to fill my cup up if I'm going to expect mm. to pour my cup into anybody else. And so, again, back to how important our quiet time with the Lord is and how we need Him to empower us. Like in Ephesians, it talks about He creates good works for us to walk in ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Well. I need to be cultivating my relationship with him to be sensitive enough to see where those good works are and to walk in them, which includes discipleship. Yeah. So that's yeah. where my mind initially goes. What about you? Yeah, what are your man. thoughts on that? Yeah, exactly. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Scripture tells us. And uh, so oftentimes I hear that as an excuse, right? Where, oh gosh, I need to work on my life with Christ before I can tell other people uh, about Jesus. All right. What I want our listeners to know is that men and women, there is a level of accountability in that, that one day you're going to stand before God the Father and you're going to be judged for what you did or didn't do with what God gave you. All right, so if you know that you don't feel equipped, that you don't feel connected with the Father and you don't do anything about it, brother, sister, that's sinful. And you're walking in sin and that's not okay. All right, you're disqualifying yourself from leading those around you to freedom, fulfillment, and purpose in Jesus Christ. And that's downright selfish. All right, I've been there. I've been selfish. All right, it's, it's something that I'm sure till my dying day I'll struggle with. But daggone, I don't want to be the one that prevents God using me to help somebody else experience what I've experienced in Jesus Christ. I'm accountable for what I do with my time. I'm accountable for how I set myself up next to a well that is just overflowing into me so that I can flow out into others. I'm accountable for the men I have to speak into my life that encourage me, that challenge me, that motivate me. Women who do the same. I'm accountable to position myself in the best position possible to utilize the gifts that God has given me to love those around me. And I think that's something that our listeners need to hear, that men need to hear. God gave you passion, talents, and abilities, not just for your own enjoyment, but as a tool to reach the lost and to encourage the saved. It's great. You got all the toys. You got all the talent. You got all the looks. You got all the money. Well, I'm sorry, but that doesn't matter. That's all going to be gone. The older you get, the less you can do. 
And one day you're going to be dead and gone and all your crap's going to rot and rust and moths are going to eat. But the one thing you're going to take with you, your salvation, and the one gift you can give to others that's going to be taken with them is the knowledge of life in Christ. And then to lead individuals to a point of maturity where they are able to lead others as well. That's discipleship. And really, you can do it at the same time as you're cultivating your relationship with God. You can disciple at the same time. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to wait till a certain point. You can be with people today. Yeah. <laughs> who are yeah. you going to, and that's a challenge I want to throw out there is who are you, who's on yeah. your heart, who's in your sphere of influence that you're going to go after, yeah. that you're going to intentionally be with, yeah. intentionally uh, reach out to, pray for, encourage, you know, it could be as formal as a Bible study and cultivating that relationship. It could be as informal as just hanging out with somebody. Mm -hmm to one day be able to uh, build up enough relational equity to pour into somebody's life too. So yeah. who is that going to be? And I just want to encourage our listeners to take that moment and really think about who are those one, two, three people that you want to pour into and start begin discipling. Uh, when you, when you think about uh, the greatest commandment, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength. And then he said, secondly, close to the first, but secondly, love your neighbor as yourself. And, uh, you know, those are intricately linked. All right. Love God with everything. All right. So first love God with everything, then love your neighbor. And, and that's how it flows. And so many people miss out on this side of eternity, the complete freedom, fulfillment, and purpose found in relationship with Christ because they're not putting themselves out there in a way to love those around them. You cannot fully experience what God has for you now, unless you're with him on the battlefield, uh, fighting for the hearts of those around you. Discipleship positions yourself in a point where you can't do it. And you turn to the father to say, I can't do this. I need help. And he helps you. And then this becomes this incredible uh, what I want to say, this incredible process that you learn, you want more and more of because you experience the Holy Spirit flowing in you and then out of you to others. And you're like, dang, that is good. And that is what I want. And the more and more you do it, uh, the more powerful uh, it becomes. Really neat. We're really just conduits. That's it. Conduits of God's power, God's truth, God's grace, God's love, like passing it on. And that can change people's lives. And like you said, it, there's nothing more fulfilling than impacting people. Yep. Nothing. Yep. And nobody likes a ball hog, man. Nobody likes a yeah, ball hog. Gotta, I mean, look at that football, football yeah. behind, you know, I'm just thinking about, you know, yeah. growing up the ball hogs, you know, like you wouldn't, you wouldn't want that kid on your team because he would keep the ball to himself and you wanted to play too. <laughs> you know, yeah. so, Heck so yeah. many people want to, sure. want to play and, uh, and they're on the outside looking in and, and they don't know how to get in the game. Some of them just need an invitation, need to be taught along the way. Yeah. I depended on my quarterbacks all the time and was making sure I was treating them well and taking care of them. So they would throw the ball and share the ball with me. So <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, That's cool. I, I tell my son, who's also a receiver, uh, he's in seventh grade right now and he's just learning football and all that. And I'm like, dude, don't get critical of your quarterback. He ain't going to throw the ball your way if you don't, <laughs> if you start getting critical. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. All right, Ben, any other thoughts you got or are we going to land oh, the plane man, today? That's, that's good. Close it up. 
All right. Well, I appreciate everybody listening today. Thank you again for your time. Hopefully this was encouraging. Ben brought it today. He was pretty challenging today. So we got a, we got some things to think about and, and meditate on. Also, I threw out a little challenge for you. So I really mm-hmm. encourage you to consider who's those one to three people that yeah. you're going to intentionally go after. So Come don't just on, listen man. to this podcast. Do something. You know, do something about it. Change you know, the so world. Again, we on. all want to get in the game. Let's start changing the world. So with that, uh, the show notes are there if you want to get connected with us. But other than that, have a great day. And thanks for listening.